You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back again. It's, this is going to be different for all of us today. Most of you had to actually find some church clothes to put on and shake them off. Um, Hannah had to iron my pants again. So <laughs> here we are. I'm not sitting there. So if I, if I move during the, somewhere else to preach and I'm distracted, uh, you can just understand that. But welcome back. Thank you each of you for your patience uh, as we waited to gather. It's been taken patience. It's some two and a half months since we've been together. So some of you have been ready to come back a long time ago, but by God's providence, direction, here we are. So welcome back. We're here to gather worship. For those of you that were able to come along on Facebook or YouTube or you've listened to the podcast, thank you for interacting and being part of kind of what we could do during this time or the different Zoom, our prayer meeting, uh, or ladies' tea time, that sort of thing. Thank you for me being part of that. I just want to personally thank uh, George and Harrison just for helping me out with the videos each week and appreciate, I don't know where George went, he's somewhere here, but thank you, George, as well. Uh, let me just say, if you've got, I know we don't have a nursery staff today, if you've got wiggly kids, so I do too, so if they're allowed, it's okay. Just parents, just take a just relax. It's fine. If they blurt out, it's okay. Um, I'm just not used to hearing any noise in here. So it'll be kind of, we're going okay. We're doing okay so far. So anyway, it's been silent, but anyway, so we're all going to get used to being back together again. I want you to turn to the book of Philippians again, where we've been at. And I think it's just so need of the Lord just providentially every week. There's been, there's been food for us, for our souls during this time away. And now as we gather again together, food for our souls once again from one verse today. So Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 is just what we're going to look at today. One verse. We don't normally just do one, but this one fits for us here. So book of Philippians chapter 3. Verse 1, let's hear God's word again. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Let's pray together again. Lord, thank you for the gathered body in this room. As Dave mentioned and Other, Lord, to hear the singing of your people. It is so good to hear that here in this place, to gather and worship again. To encourage one another to meet together. Lord, I pray that would be the spirit of this church, is that kind of encouragement towards the souls of one another. An encouragement that, again, sets our eyes squarely on the Lord Jesus Christ our Redeemer, our friend, our Savior, our King, as we sang about. Lord, as we look into your word now, again, these few words that we have before us, I'm asking again, Lord, 
Would your spirit guide each heart, each individual in each chair where they're sitting at, whether they're really young today and looking at a, at a Bible or drawing a picture or older and mature in years? Lord, would you speak to each one of us from your word? And Lord, my, may my words is guide towards your glory, towards who you are, towards rejoicing in you. And so guide us during this time to hear from you by your spirit. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. I wonder if you, and I think I've thought this as well, if you found yourself in the past few months thinking this line, I can't wait for life to get back to normal, right? Have you either said that or thought it? I know even early on, part of me would, I think I'd so walking to church, I remember someplace on the porch even just thinking, is this, is this a dream? Like, what is going on? This is just so, so out of the ordinary for us. And we have that thought, um, all of us, I think. And, and we desire, there's in, within that, there's a desire for life to get back to, to what it was before everything uh, shut down. And we've been dealing with this virus. And there's a sense of us gathering today. There's a sense of that. Isn't, this is part of that cog in the wheel of normal, of us getting back together. Slow as it is, things are opening up here and there. And so even this today, it's part of getting back to normal. And yet even on this particular weekend, as I, as I uh, write this sermon, as we meet today, two and a half months uh, from when we've met before, there, there's even a new tremor traveling through the news and what appears and looks like a tragic and unnecessary death in Minneapolis of George Floyd and the unrest, the riots, the looting. And here's a thought. As soon as normal came, normal departed. And I know it's not out our front door right here, but normal is just, a, it's just fleeting, isn't it? I mean, even right now, if all the governors everywhere would just flip the switch, say, okay, everything we said, just forget about it. We're all back, just normal. How long would that normal last in terms of our own lives? Nothing is sure even this week because normal just doesn't last long at all. And we've seen even in these past months just how quickly normal can fade and go away. So I want to encourage you today from our scripture, from where we're at, to embrace something safer, and that's why I've titled this message, something better than normal, something better than what normal could ever hope to give us. There's a mindset here. There's a belief. I think there's even an action. It's to rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. Paul's words here in verse 1, they are not particularly They're not hard to understand. In in reality, this could be probably a two-minute sermon. And some of you would, please don't say, amen, two minutes, let's do it. It could be, but I don't, yeah. But the application of this short phrase of rejoice in the Lord would take a lifetime. Let me suggest, and, and we could say, we will spend eternity doing this. That's eternity is rejoicing in the Lord. So it's worth taking some time to think about it, what it means, think around this rejoicing in the Lord. As far as context goes in this epistle where we're at in Philippians, we're not surprised to see Paul using this word 
rejoice. If you've been following along, you've been reading along, you have seen this before. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 4, Paul prays for the Philippians with joy. So rejoice or joy or uh, in chapter 1, verse 18, Paul speaks of those who preach Christ. They preach with terrible motives. And he says, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice, he says. And then that same verse, he goes on, he says, yes, and I will rejoice. And then that's tied to an expectation that he's going to honor Christ, whether it's life in his life or in his death. Chapter 1, verse 25, by then, Paul, he's reasoned he's going to remain. So he's better to be with Christ. I'll remain for what? For the Philippians, for their progress and joy in the faith. Chapter 2, Paul commands them, complete my joy by being of the same mind. And by Philippians 2, 17 through 18, Paul's glad to be offered as a drink offering upon their offering of faith. And then he commands them, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. And then last week, we saw, lastly, the account of Epaphroditus, Paul giving the the reason to return him back home, that you may rejoice at seeing him again. And then he's got a command right there, verse 29, receive him in the Lord with all joy. By a rough count, joy rejoicing some 11 times so far in two chapters of the book of Philippians. There's a reason... I think many would call this an epistle of joy, that this theme is throughout. And so now here we are in chapter 3, verse 1, same thing again that says, the first sentence says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It might seem like Paul, when he says finally, that Paul's kind of nearing the end of the letter, but he's not. We've got two chapters to go. So he's not saying finally, like, this is my last sentence, here's what I want, and then I'm over. I think Paul here, he's transitioning to the next subject. We've been in chapter 2 for a while thinking on that mind of Christ, that humiliation, then his exaltation. Have this mind among yourselves, this idea of being Christ-like, humility, seeking other interests, that idea. And now, Paul, he's urging a joy, a rejoicing in the Lord. And I think chapter 3 is going to bear this out as we'll work through it in the weeks to come here and look at this. I think reasons why joy in the Lord. Paul's going to even say, it's, I count everything a loss compared to the worth of knowing. I mean, he might as well say compared to the joy of knowing Christ, my Lord. So Paul's in a transition. And he again, he's addressing the brethren, the brothers or, or brothers and sisters. He's zeroed in on the believers. So to the believers, he's saying, believers rejoice in the Lord. So we can ask, what does Paul mean, rejoice in the Lord? In the Greek, the word rejoice here, you know what it means? You're all Greek scholars. It it means rejoice. It's the same. It's rejoice. Most translations have that. I had to go down to the message to find be glad, but you could say that as well. Be glad, rejoice. One dictionary put it, uh, to enjoy a state of happiness and well-being. Rejoice, be glad, be happy, be in a state of well-being in the Lord. Well, I'm going to be brief 
And we could explore much more in the scope of all of Scripture. This could take us a while. So I've shortened it to just a few places. But I want to look at just a few places, Old Testament, few in the New. I'll go quick so you can write them down if, if you want to. Just a few of the places we find the ideas of this joy, rejoicing, hopefully to help us, help, let Scripture help us put a handle on what Paul's talking about here. By the mere word count, I'm just going off the ESV, the word for rejoice is used some 160 times just in the Old Testament. Now, there's different Hebrew words for it that will be used. We're not getting into any of that. We're just focusing on the English use, thinking of joy, uh, rejoicing, I mean, delighting, kind of those, those ideas. Uh, one place is what we read from this morning when we began, First Chronicles 16. So 10, verse 10, verse 31, we see David proclaiming this. I'll just read it again. Glory, he says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Where's joy? Seeking the Lord. That's where it's found. Verse 31, let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. So rejoicing is tied directly to the Lord. Here, verse 31, his reign. Then there's the the Psalms, the Psalms. We've got rejoicing or gladness or delight all over the place. I think uh, over 100 places at least mention. Here's a couple of them. Psalm 511. Psalm 511, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Those who take refuge in you. Psalm 31, 7, I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you've seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul. Psalm 40, 16, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. And that's just a few of them from the Old Testament. How about the New Testament? Some 73 times. I won't read all of them to you. Uh, Just a few. One interesting one, maybe you're thinking of this, kind of came to mind thinking of rejoicing. It's in Luke where Jesus has sent out the 72 disciples to go two by two, go to, go to the villages, towns, that sort of thing. And Luke 10, 17 records their return. When these disciples, these 72, they've gone out and they come back and Luke records this. And it's interesting as we think about rejoicing. He records the 72 returned with joy from going out. They returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They are joyful. The demons, they could, man, they were subject to the Lord, and they're joyful. And he, Jesus, said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice in the Lord. One other place, Romans 5, verses 2 through 3, comes in an interesting place. 
Romans 5, 2, Paul says, we rejoice, this is it's all over the place, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So there's a goal in suffering, and there's a rejoicing in it because of what it produces. And then a few, few verses later, verse 11 of Romans 5 says, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, having received reconciliation. We're reconciled. So rejoicing, joy, gladness, it's found throughout the scriptures. Joy and rejoicing, being glad in the Lord, it, it's not some sort of, again, I think I've used this phrase before, it's, it's not some sort of bonus round for the believer. Kind of like your believer and the next level is joy. It's, it's to be normal. It's in the heart of everyone who knows God. And we have a Bible, we have a, we have a source of God's revelation to us full of reasons for joy in the Lord. I listed a couple. His mercy to us, his goodness to us, his grace to us. He revealed himself to us, his presence with us. Just Emmanuel, not that many months from Christ, right? Emmanuel, God with us. There's reason for joy. We're given the hope of eternal life with him. As Romans 5.11, we're reconciled, we're redeemed, we're loved, we're restored, strengthened. We have the Spirit of Christ who dwells within us, and we ultimately know God in whom are pleasures forevermore. Much to rejoice about in the Lord, to be glad in the Lord, to know the Lord. But I want to ask a question here. Because Paul, this, this is an imperative. This is a command. Paul's commanding to rejoice in the Lord. And so we can ask here, can Paul actually command joy? I mean, he's, he's telling us to have joy. Isn't that kind of like someone saying, remember that song? I won't sing it. I have a little song I wrote. I just want to sing it note to note. Don't worry. Remember that? Be happy. Be happy. You know, you just come up to somebody that's sad. You just, come on, be happy. Come on, joy, be joyful. So in that sense, can Paul just say, rejoice in the Lord, this, this command? I think we can say here with the command that apart from Christ and the work of God through his spirit, we cannot keep this command. This has to be a work of the Lord within us. Let me go back. Adam and Eve in the garden, Genesis 3. Just listen to that phrase again when the woman was about to eat this forbidden fruit. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And at that moment, true joy in the Lord vanished. At this point of man's sin and this glory exchange took place. And that delight is still our battle today. We would prefer to eat, without Christ, we would prefer to eat of the world and find our delight there. Romans 3.11, short little phrase in there, says no one seeks for God. So being dead in sin, we're a slave to the flesh. We don't even want 
anything of the Lord. The sinner does not want to rejoice in the Lord. We'd rather rejoice in other things. Kids, I thought of a goofy illustration, and you're welcome to say it. That was kind of goofy, but it might get the point. Think if I imagine, if I put before you, and adults too, if I put before you a large, all-meat, I'll go stuffed crust pizza. Yeah, okay, good. You're you're into that. And then, so I got that on the table. And then next to it, I've got like like a green salad. It's got spinach in it. It's got the cherry tomatoes and the... The, the cucumbers and the, the shredded carrots and put that. Yeah, exactly. So I think most, now some of you are going to say, oh, I prefer a salad. So just roll with it. The pizza to us, we want that. No matter how much, if I could tell you all the good things of that salad, you know it's nutritious, it's going to, you're going to live longer eating that than this. And I'm not saying pizza's all bad. I love pizza. If I tried to tell you all those things and all the good things about it and said, don't you want the salad? And you would say, no, I don't. I want the pizza. That's what I want. Yeah. And in in a similar way, and I'm not saying pizza is sin, but just roll with it. In the same way, we want our own way. We want what the world has. We want to rejoice in things other than God. Unless God does a work in us, we will not eat the proverbial, the salad, if you will. And he's beyond a salad. He's actually, he's all of it, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's all those things. And yet we're sometimes content to just want kind of this over here. So when God, when he, through his Holy Spirit, when he regenerates our heart, he gives us new birth, He gives us that willing, that wanting for God, for what is ultimately good, what is ultimately full of joy. Without his work, we're still left wanting the other. He's got to work in us. And imperfect as it now is, we still struggle in this, the already and not yet. We're already saved. We're already being transformed, renewed. We're not not there yet. We still want, we wrestle with these flesh, the desires, back and forth, but one day we'll be transformed into glorious bodies to forever rejoice with the Lord in true joy. So God, who's given us his spirit, he can command us through his word, rejoice in the Lord. And by the way, what's the fruit of the spirit? The spirit within one of them is joy. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, let me just briefly here mention the second sentence of this verse, and it'll be pretty brief. But what is Paul saying in the second part? He says, to to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. So I think there's two things, obviously, Paul is saying here. One, Paul does not mind repeating himself. He's okay to say the same thing again and again. I think you could say here, Paul, he's not hesitating. There's no trouble. You could say he doesn't mind repeating a sermon. You might might get old, but you could hear him saying, I could preach this every day, every Sunday this year. It's not a trouble for me to repeat this. In fact, Paul, in this book, in chapter 4, verse uh, 4, I believe it is, he's going to repeat himself. He's going to say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. 
You think this is an important concept, an idea for Paul and for the Lord? Absolutely is our joy in the Lord. Our joy where? In the Lord. The second thing is that rejoicing in the Lord is safe. It's safe or secure might be a way to think about that. It's safe. I don't know if you thought about rejoicing in the Lord as something safe to do. I mean, it's safety. We're, we're living in a time and days of an intense focus on safety, the safe distance, the safe practice and onward. Uh, the coronavirus sweeping the world. Our, our country is in chaos and some of these riots in these different places. It's an unstable, it's a troubling time. But our safety, our safety is not when all this blows over and kind of gets back to, to normal. As tempting as that is for us, that's not our joy. That's not our safety. Outside of God's promises, we, we, we don't have a guarantee of today or tomorrow. We've got his promises to bank on and who he is and his word that will last forever and being in Christ, but we're not guaranteed what's going to happen tomorrow even. We can hope for normal, but cancer may come. We can get rid of one disease or threat and another comes or conflict or a thousand other things that disrupt our normal or our safety. But God's word tells us what is safe. It is safe to rejoice in the Lord. Our Lord, he's reconciled us for eternity. That means we're his. We're his for eternity. If you know Christ, you're his for eternity. And he rules over all. He reigns. He's in control. And one day, those in Christ will live with him forever in joy. Well, I want to close here. My, my finally, and I'm close. This is my finally. And I want to close on a practical, try to be on a practical note here. How do we right now, how do we practically do this? Follow this command to rejoice in the Lord. Is this just rejoice and go up and down the street singing for joy? Perhaps you want to do that. It'd be awesome. Go for it. Um, but what does this look like? I thought of six ways uh, to rejoice in the Lord. You might think of more. I'm not saying this is all of them. I hate to say, well, it's just six. It's no more. But here's some thoughts. And you might already be thinking these of what does it look like to rejoice in the Lord? So six, number one, gospel repetition. Gospel repetition, what do I mean? Rejoice in rehearsing the gospel to yourself. Speak the gospel, preach the gospel to yourself. To consider, again, the truths of the gospel will bring us joy in the Lord. Consider God's holiness, our sin, his Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross, dying, rising again, that we might live with him forever. His atoning work on that cross. His gift of salvation through repentance and faith. Joy, it's an outflow of our salvation. We would do well to remember it. And today, if you're here, you showed up here, you saw a church was open, and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. You're wondering where you're at with this holy God. Even though you're a sinner, I would encourage you, talk to one of the elders that were up here or another member here in the body. 
about knowing Christ. Talk to me afterwards to know this gospel. That's where rejoicing begins. Rehearsing the gospel, remembering what we have in Christ. Number two, prayer. Rejoice. How do we rejoice in the Lord? Prayer. Rejoice that you get to communicate with the maker of the heavens and the earth. Prayer is enjoying God's gracious access to his ear. He hears us and we can pray any time of the day. We should be joyful for that. We're not left. God doesn't say, you know, I know you got a need and at 6 p.m. I'm available. Just hold off till then. Right now we can go on our knees. Say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm stuck. I need help. Let me sort this out. And we can pray and we can rejoice that we speak with the Lord. Number three, think about how to rejoice the, the word itself. It's just where I've read from. We can rejoice in all of God's revealed word to us. The psalmist, Psalm 119, verse 143 says this. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Do we delight in God's word? It's a place of delight. It's a place where we can find joy because it tells us of the joyous, the ultimately joyful one, God himself. Be in the word. Delight in it. Number four, how do we rejoice in the Lord? Is us gathered here. God's given us a gift of one another. This body, this church, rejoice in God's provision of encouragement and growth. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. You think joy comes from that encouragement? Absolutely. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're given by God's grace the body of Christ for our rejoicing. Let us use it. Call one another. Encourage one another. Even though coronavirus, at least some of the stay-at-home, whatever is over, doesn't mean we can't call and encourage one another in the Lord. Continue to do that. Two more. Number five, how do we rejoice? What does it look like practically? Tell it to others. Speak of this gospel to others, and I think you'll find joy in the Lord. Don't wait Man, I got to have a right certain amount of joy before I tell someone. Just tell someone, speak it, rehearse it, and I believe you will see your joy as well. Listen to Psalm 40, verse 5. It says, You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. So speak of Christ, tell of his deeds to others, find joy in the proclamation of who he is. And then lastly, how do we rejoice in the Lord? It's the idea of number six, suffering. Suffering as a way to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the trials that bring you closer to God. Romans 5, we already read from it, but Paul says, we rejoice in our sufferings. That's practical. Are you suffering? You can, you can practically live out this verse. It says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given 
to us. We can rejoice in those trials, whatever they may be, if it's some virus, if it's some chaotic news, or whatever else in our lives. We can rejoice in those trials that bring us closer to the Lord himself. Say, wow, Lord, I would not pick this. I'm not asking for suffering. But if it brings me closer to the one who is true joy, then, Lord, I embrace this. You give and take away. We sang it. Blessed be your name, the name of the Lord. Do you want something better, more lasting than mere normal? Rejoice, Bethany Bible, in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as I said in this time, we are, we are fickle. We're, we're prone to find our joy in other things, maybe in food. And Lord, those joys are not wrong. But Lord, when, when that's ultimate, when that's our ultimate goal, be it food or normalcy or maybe a vacation or time off or rest or sleep or fill in the blank, when we fill in the blank and rejoice in anything but you and, and don't let those things lead us to you, then Lord, we're worshiping other things. So lead us, Lord, to worship and rejoice in you alone glorify your name alone in our lives. Help us to welcome our brothers and sisters seated here and those that are at home listening to this in the podcast. Lord, would we welcome one another to encourage us towards that joy in the Lord. And may we in turn be that vehicle, that instrument of encouragement to encourage others to rejoice in the Lord. Look to him, look to our Savior. Lord, grow us as a church in this. Thank you that we can sing joyful things to you today and encourage one another with our voice here in this place. Help us to do it in our week. Prepare us, Lord, for this day, yet today, or tomorrow, or when normalcy departs again, to rejoice solely in the Lord. I ask this, Lord, in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.